0: so much worship band. Good morning everybody at Cornerstone in the building and those of you who are at home. My name is Steve. I'm one of the pastors here and uh, just a minute I'm going to lead you in prayer and preach for you or preach to you or with you or however that is. What's the right preposition? But first please remain standing for some reading of scripture. This is from the Apostle Peter. It's 1 Peter chapter 2 and it's one of the New Testament's more significant passages about human government, civil government, government authority. We're going to be spending our time in the larger passage, Romans 13, which is an expanded version. Thank you, Shane. But uh, for, for starters, First Peter 2. Follow in, your, follow in your Bible. Follow on the screen. Follow on your app. Follow in your Bible. Follow in your brain. Be subject for the Lord's sake to every human institution, whether it be to the emperor, As supreme, or to governors as sent by him to punish those who do evil and to praise those who do good. And why should we do that? For this is the will of God. That's pretty clear, isn't it? It's God's will. Pray with me, would you? Father in heaven, thank you for bringing us together in this place and all who are joining us from everywhere else to worship you today. We have loved thinking on you, lifting up the name of Jesus, remembering our salvation in Christ. Now, as we come to the scriptures, we pray that the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God would be our helper and that this wouldn't be a futile effort but we would understand your word and be strengthened by it, for we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. I meant to announce last week before the sermon, but failed to, so I'm going to announce before the sermon this week, I am very pleased to tell you that Carl Goins is now one of the pastors of Cornerstone Church. He was overwhelmingly affirmed by the members of the church. So... Don't you just have to love Carl and Jenna and there are suddenly three kids uh, that are part of their family. We look forward to seeing you, Carl and Jenna and kids, when you all get, get back here soon. The title of today's message is Government, Police, Riots, Chaz or Chop. With all of that going on, Riots, chaz, Chop, and with this being Our 4th of July weekend. Happy 4th of July weekend, everybody. We got ripped off from fireworks this year, huh? Okay. Shh. Not shh for the sermon, but shh, don't tell that you've been doing fireworks, right? Oh, you didn't do it. All right. We're getting in too much conversation, Isabel, you and me. I thought it would be appropriate if we take this morning and look into God's word about human government, about how citizens of nations are to relate to and conduct themselves with human government. There are other passages that speak about how the governors ought to govern. That's not this passage. This passage is about how the governed, that's you and me, how we ought to relate to those over us and how we ought to respond. Probably the Bible's premier teaching text is the one we're looking at today, Romans 13, the first 6 or 7 verses, where the apostle Paul unfolds for us the doctrines we should believe and the doctrines we should live by relative to human government. So let's jump in Romans 13:1. Here it is. Let every person be subject to the governing authorities. For there is no authority except from God. And those authorities, and those that exist have been instituted by God. This is definitive teaching on human government. This is important teaching in these days on human government notice how comprehensive the command is let every person are you a person that's you is there anywhere anyone else on the planet anywhere that is a person That's them. Are the people in Minneapolis, I'm not going to try and pick on them a lot today, but they come up right here. Are are they persons? That's them. Here's God's word for citizens, every nation under the sun, down through all of time till Jesus comes. Let every person. So there are no exceptions. You can't say, well, that doesn't apply to me. Well, it does as long as you're a person. As long as you're a human, this applies to you. What is every person to do? Let every person be subject. Be subject. It's a compound Greek verb. Hupa is on the front. Hupa means under and tasso on the back end. Tasso is the verb that means place yourself. So, the verb means place yourself under the governing authorities. Recognize that they are over you and place yourself under them. You say, well... Does that apply to all levels of government authority? Yes, we'll see soon in coming verses. This applies to kings and to all who are sent by them. So I think I was trying to think what would the lower level be, not trying to offend anybody, but maybe from the king or the, the president, all the high officers, all the way down to the meter maid. When the meter maid says, sir, your meter ran out and here's your ticket, you don't say, who are you? No, 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 no. You place yourself, you rank yourself under him or her, and you become subject to that governing authority. Why should I do that? I don't like them. I have authority issues. I don't agree with them. I don't like the way they do it. Here's why. For, that's why, there is no authority. There is no authority except from God. Now, that's a very broad statement. Let me show you how broad it is. I'll ask you a question. Does that apply to the devil? And the answer is yes. The devil has his authority given him by God, allowed him by God. He is the prince of the power of the air. He is the ruler of this world. How come he gets that authority? It's from God. Remember, Jesus said to Pilate, you could have no authority unless it had not been given to you. Every authority, all of the governing authorities, all of them are from God. Good government, bad government, good governors, bad governors, they're all in place because God allowed it in his providence. And the scripture is more bold than I am and says... They are, there is no authority except from God. So, whether you like it or not, the last, let's pick 10. The last 10 presidents and all of our presidents we've ever had have been from God. I don't know who's going to be elected this fall. (laughs) This is really interesting. But whoever it is. This applies, and it is my duty as a follower of Jesus Christ to say, they are here from God, and it is my duty to rank myself under them. And, and whoever the police officer is that you're speaking to out in public because you're a suspect, maybe you violated a law, they're looking into you, they are from God, and I am to rank myself under them. I am to place myself under their authority. This is a very biblical, very important biblical principle. Incidentally, I'll just point out to you more about the Greek words uh, where it says those that exist have been instituted by God. That's the same Greek word I explained to you earlier, be subject, hupatasso, minus the hupa. And a Greek reader would see that. It's the same word, really. So we are told to rank ourselves under them. We are told to place ourselves under them, but they are placed and ranked by God. How come you get to be a police officer and tell me what to do? Because you've been placed there by God. Wouldn't that be, we have a police officer back there in the sound booth. Wouldn't that be a cool answer to give? I know you can't do that, but but who do you think you are? Well, I'm placed here by God. You could start there, see how that goes. I'm not really recommending that. God has assigned them. God has appointed them. Those that exist. Are there any that exist right now? You all look, no one's nodding. There, there are those very ones that exist right now, the ones that exist in Romania, the ones that exist in China, the ones that exist in North and South Korea, all of those exist because they have been tassoed, they have been placed in that position by God, good ones, bad ones, ones we agree with, ones we don't agree with, doesn't mean everything they do is right but it means God put them there and gave them their authority. And that's why we place ourselves under, because we respect God's authority. Let's go to verse 2, please. Therefore, knowing what we know from verse 1, let's review verse 1. They're from God and they're instituted by God. Therefore, whoever resists, is there anybody resisting in our land? You're a Christian, not you. You don't go resisting. You might do peaceful protests because our government says to you, we give you the uh, uh, permission to do that in our Constitution, the right to assemble. You can assemble peaceably. Government's happy with you doing that, I guess. (laughs) They permit you to do that. But whoever resists the authorities, now get this logic, is resisting, resists what God has appointed. See, your problem's not with the police officer. Your problem's not with the government. Your problem's not with the president. Your problem is with God. You are resisting what God has appointed. Now, let's take a poll. How many in this room think that's a good idea to resist what God has appointed? No hands went up. It's not too good. doesn't sound like a good idea. And where it says, resists, Paul's Paul's playing on words here just to let you know, this is our verb tasso again, and this time it's anti, against, anti-tasso, if you stand yourself against them. So we're to stand ourselves under them, they are stood in place by God, and if you stand yourself against them, you're standing against God. The mind of the Apostle Paul and the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, are amazing. Let's go on to, uh, oh, I'm sorry, the end of that verse. And those who resist will what? Those who resist will incur judgment. I don't like the IRS, and I'm not paying my taxes. Let's see how that goes. I actually know a man. I know a man, a Christian man, a very highly principled Christian man. Some of you know him too. And he refused to pay taxes and went to court and to higher court and to higher court. And on principle, he refused. And they said, okay, we'll give you a pass. And he has not paid any taxes since. Now we're all going to go try that, huh? (laughs) It's going to be a movement of cornerstone people. No taxes. Uh Uh-uh. Those who resist will incur judgment. Judgment by whom? Judgment, as we'll see in the next verse, primarily by the government, but judgment also by God, we will see in later verses. And if we receive wrath from government, they are ministering God's wrath to us, the text is telling us. This is so countercultural. This is so unlike what you're gonna get at the university. This is so unlike the world's thinking. But this is what God says, right? If you resist, if you anti-tasso, if you stand against, you're standing against God, there's judgment coming for that. Now, why? Let's go on, 13.3. For rulers, highest office down to the meter maid, everyone in between, are not a terror to good conduct amen i mean if you're out with some friends cleaning up the park bagging garbage mowing the lawns edging things do the police come up to you and say hey ah uh-uh, you're in trouble no they're like cool we need more citizens like you rulers are not a terror to good conduct Now, that's a general principle. There could be exceptions because sometimes you might be a good conduct and they might misjudge what you're doing and terrify you. But that's the exception. That's a small exception. Right, police officer? That's not, yes. That's a small exception. You are starting to wonder, who's the police officer? He's not in uniform. You can't pick one of those guys. It's one of them. But how about... If you're driving along and suddenly you see lights light up behind your car and you go oh my gosh and you look down and you're doing 65 and you look at the speed limit sign and it says 45 and then you go oh terror because you're not in good conduct rulers are not a terror to good conduct now i'm going to go out on a branch here i'm going to go out on a limb and who knows the limb might break and i might plummet to ruin while I'm out on this limb, but I hope not. I'm trying to navigate this carefully. I'm hearing from a lot of my Christian, pastor, African-American friends, ones I know and ones I don't know, but I'm listening to them on the web, and I love them and I respect them. And I'm hearing from them that African-American parents have to teach their children how to respond to a police officer because they believe racism dictates that they must do that. I just want you all to know, white people have to do that too? I believe, don't listen to this part, police officer. I believe I got pulled over and it was bogus it was baloney. But you know what you do then? You don't resist then. That where's the place where you deal with whether it was bogus? What do we call that place? We call that court. You don't fight out on the street. You don't resist out on the street or you're going to get hurt. There's going to be judgment. If you think it was bogus, you say, yes, sir, officer. Thank you very much, sir, officer. See you in court. <laughs> And you go to court, and the judge decides, and you honor that judge, and you go by that ruling, even if you're convinced it was wrong, or you're standing against God. But I just want you all to know, we have our issues with cops too. Two of my sons, three of my sons, were I think, see, the way it feels to me, they probably, the police probably did what was appropriate, but it felt bad to me. I'll give you one example. We have a foster son. His name's Albert. We love him. He lives about a mile away from us. He was at our house yesterday, washed his car in our front yard, in our driveway. Love Albert. Albert's the sweetest guy on the planet. He has nothing but sweetness in his little heart. I mean it. He can't utter a mean word. And he had been at a, I think it was a Christmas Eve party at a former relative. He's a foster son. He's had other foster parents. He was over there for a Christmas Eve thing. And he was driving home, and it was about 11 p.m., and he got pulled over. And the officer kind of interrogated him. You know, what are you doing out? Where have you been? What are you doing? Uh, what you got in the car? And uh, when he said, what do you have in the car? Albert said, uh, apple pie. Well, they wound up getting more cars and more officers and a dog. And they sniffed the car. And they got him out. And they searched the car. And they made him keep his hands in the hood and all that. And when they finally found out that, indeed, all he had was apple pie, they sent him home. Now, I don't know. I want to hear your part of that, officer, because it's probably what you got to do. It's normal and all that. But from my vantage point, did they really have to call the dogs? (laughs) Rulers are not a terror to good conduct. If you treat that officer respectfully from the first moment you are in his or her presence... Things are going to go well. Could there be exceptions? Yeah, that's the exceptions. Don't build life out of exceptions. They're not a terror to good conduct. So do what is good. Do you want to know how to not get shot by police? <clears throat> don't resist. Oh, there's another police officer over there. I'm missing you all day, bro. Sorry, you feel left out, huh? Want some limelight? Stand up. No, don't really. Sorry. <laughs> all right hey new police officer yeah you want to know how to get not get shot submit yes sir officer whatever you say sir i respect you i respect your authority whatever you want me to do i will do deal with it in court that's a pretty good system Next, more reason why we would want to be submissive to them. Romans thirteen four. For he or she, let me just remind you, in their day, so far as I've been able to find out, there were no police. There was only military, and they policed. So military did it all. So he, that soldier on your streets... He is not only from God, he is not only appointed by God, but now he is God's servant. Same word we have in the Bible for deacons, diakonos, diakonoi, plural. They are your servants. Deacons exist to serve the people of God and the leaders of the church by keeping them out of things that don't need to drain their time. And in the same way, from the top down to the meter made, they are God's servant from God ordained by God, instituted by God, they are God's servant. Just keep that in mind. When you're in the presence of a police officer, that's God's servant. When you go to court and there's the judge, that's God's servant. When you're talking about a president that you don't like, he is from God, he is appointed by God, and he's God's servant. And he's God's servant for your good. You don't believe that? Let's try a Lord of the Flies experiment. Y'all know what Lord of the Flies is? Let's try a Lord of Flies experiment and take away all government. That might work for the first 15 minutes. How are they for my good? You can't live without government. It would be absolute pandemonium and chaos and murder and theft and because there are bad people on the planet he is god's servant for your good so when you see a police officer think to yourself he's from god he's appointed by god that's how come he got to be a police officer and he's a, he's a servant of god for my good Now, that will affect how I'm going to treat him, won't it, if I can see him that way? He is God's servant for your good. But if you do wrong, be afraid. Say, well, I'm afraid of police. Well, stop doing wrong. I know some places, maybe there are police who have an attitude. Would you agree? Can there be places where, yeah, police have attitudes? You don't know yet. Some some places the police might have an attitude, and you've got to be afraid of them because of that attitude. I get that. But look, if you're doing wrong, you ought to be afraid. Why should I be afraid? This next part is thunderous, brothers and sisters. This next part is going to say a lot. This next part is going to be very countercultural, but it's God's word. If you do wrong, be afraid because for he does not bear the sword in vain. Now, in those days, what did you use a sword for? What was it for? Did you use a sword to slap someone's knuckles? I don't think so. Did you use a sword... um, to wear at your wedding. You know, a friend of mine, Robert Elliott, he's pastor of a church in Riverside. I pastored it for 10 years, and then when I was leaving, they called him in, and we crossed in the air, and there was one Sunday in between me leaving and him arriving, and he's been their pastor ever since. Since 95, he's been their pastor. He's Scottish. And when he got married, he got married in full Scottish regalia you know, the kilt, the stockings, the knife in the stockings, and he was wearing a sword. What do you think, Sarah? Is that, are you, would, you, would you dig that? <laughs> My man, he's wearing a sword. Is that what swords are for? So you look amazing at your wedding. Their sword is the equivalent of our Glock 19. It was an implement of death you use the sword to hack people. You use the sword to run people through. You use the sword to kill people. And the Bible says you should be afraid if you're doing wrong because it's not in vain. There's not no purpose. There's no, it's not useless. There's not no reason for this. They have, it's not that they have no plans for their glock. They have plans. It's not in vain. And they don't bear the sword in vain. In other words, they will hurt you. The reality of it is, usually when they do, it's because they had to. Because you were not hoopa tassoing, because you were not submitting, and they were trying to de escalate, but you were escalating, and things are getting physical, and they have a wife and kids, and they want to go home to their wife and kids. And when it gets to the point where they're thinking, hmm, next thing happens is they're gonna hurt me, then they must bear their sword and not in vain. I know people who aren't even police officers, but they have concealed carry permits. The police have checked them out and said, yes, we deem you worthy of carrying a gun in the state of Maryland. We deem you prepared and capable and safe, more or less. (laughs) And here's the dividing line for them. When are they allowed to pull and fire, to draw and fire? When they are able to say in court, I thought that if I didn't, the next thing that would happen is I would be dead. And then they're going to be okay in court. But that's the only time you're allowed to pull is next thing that's going to happen is they were going to kill me. You're allowed to defend your life. And if a citizen's allowed to do that, how much more are officers who are from God and appointed by God and servants of God for our good allowed to draw and administer Justice, if for no other reason than their own safety so they can go home to their wife. Now, I'm not saying every killing is justified. That's for the courts to decide. There's another point. You and I don't know how to rule on any given instance until it has gone to court. It's the court that decides. You and I don't get to decide. You are not the court. You're not the judge. You're not the jury. You're not the witnesses. You weren't even there. You don't get to say, oh, that was this. Now you really don't get to. Not if you're gonna be a reasonable, faithful follower of Christ. All you know is what you saw and what you didn't see. But you know, don't you, that I'm getting into things I never planned on getting into, I'm probably getting in all kinds of trouble, but stand come running at me if this gets real bad, would you? You understand, don't you, that the raw data fed to you by our media is very carefully crafted. It's very limited. And you, when you see a scene, you might have seen this much of a scene. And you can't jump to conclusions when you know they're only showing me this part and they're very good at showing me the part they want me to see and they're re- concealing from me the part they don't want me to see. What happened before? What happened after? And etc. How many priors does this person have? What's the relationship been? Be- There's so many things you and I don't know. We have to wait till the officer arrests them and Ross prosecutes them in court. Do you prosecute? You, you, you uh, defend. We need a prosecutor right now in my story. All right. What good are you in my sermon, bro? Back to the text. He does not bear the sword in vain. For he is the servant of God. That's a different word for servant. That's a liturgoy. That's a liturgist. That's a servant in the temple. And that term gets applied here. He is the servant of God. Now, notice this an avenger. Y'all like the Avengers? (laughs) Different avenger. An avenger who carries out, now, this is powerful. He carries out, or she carries out, God's wrath. Say that. What that officer did, that was wrath. Yeah, it was God's wrath. It was God's wrath on the wrongdoer. You don't want God's wrath coming down on you? Don't be a wrongdoer. Yes, sir. No, sir. Whatever you say, sir. Do you mind if I tell them your baseball bat story? Can I tell them your story? We have a felon on our staff here, one of our pastors. (laughs) Not really. Pastor Stan walks for health, and he was out walking in his neighborhood. But there are dogs, you know. Some people aren't polite. They don't obey the rules of the laws. They don't keep their dogs on a leash or in the yard, and there's dogs out running in the street. So in order to defend himself against dogs, Stan would take his walks, with a baseball bat. Large African American man walking around the neighborhood with a baseball bat. Somebody called the cops, and the cops showed up. Now I'm, I'm just making this up. I don't know what they said, but they said, Excuse us, uh, excuse me, what are you doing with a baseball bat? Well, there's dogs. So they told him, All right, we get it. Just don't, don't carry a baseball bat. So I asked him when he told me that story, So now what are you carrying? And he said, A baseball bat. (laughs) I'll let you all decide where that fits into Romans 13. (laughs) Actually, they had no legal authority to tell you you can't walk with a baseball bat, right? Yeah, cool. I know where it fits in. So, 13.4. Let's go to 13.5, please. Oh, by the way, 13.4 also establishes a death penalty they're given a sword what do you do with sword that's how you administer death just saying all right therefore forgot to turn on my timer therefore one must be in subjection not only to avoid god's wrath but that's a darn good reason for being in suggestion Why are you placing yourself under their authority? Well, they got guns. I don't want to get into trouble. But there's there's another reason. Not only to avoid God's wrath, but also for the sake of conscience. What does he mean by that? In your conscience, you should know, you should hear your conscience say, wait a minute, He's from God. He's put in place by God. He's God's servant. He's God's minister for my good. Knowing that, my conscience tells me I must submit. I must obey. I must tasso. So you must be in subjection not only to avoid God's wrath, but also for the sake of of conscience. Now let's go on to the next verse, 13, 6. Oh, this is going to be a fun verse. Everybody's going to love this verse. For because of this, because of what? The need for government so we don't live in chaos. The need for government so you can stand to live on the planet or in your land. For because of this, that need, and because you know that God has instituted this and God has placed them in their positions, because of this, you also pay taxes. Why do you pay taxes? No, the only reason I pay is because they make me. Actually, you pay taxes because you understand how this system has to work and you know they're not going to do this as volunteers. So we need to collect taxes from all the citizens so we can pay government because we need government all the way down to the meter maid. This is why we pay taxes. Now, come on. How many of you like paying taxes? Raise your hand. Not one hand went up in the room. I mean, it does seem a little crazy. I'm not really complaining. I'm just kind of more like making, a, making fun of it. So you make money, they tax it. You buy something, they tax it. All the way down to you die, they tax it. You buy a house, they tax it. Taxes, 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 taxes. That's right. It does take a lot of money to have a government. Now, I'm not saying there isn't a lot of slush. I'm not saying there isn't a lot of waste. There isn't a lot of pork barreling. Sure there is. Find me a just government on the planet. (laughs) That exists in every government existed in that government in that day. But this is why you pay taxes, because for the authorities are ministers of God attending to the very thing he's been talking about, attending to governing the land and providing peace and punishing wrongdoers and commending those who do good. This is why we pay taxes. They've got a lot to do more than they can handle on a volunteer basis. I mean, really, how many of you would want volunteer police? As a pastor who has spent his adult life working in volunteer organizations, churches, I know that there is generally a very large difference between people who are paid to be on staff and people who are volunteers. Now, some volunteers break this rule and blast it to bits, but volunteers might get it done by the deadline. And they might not. And paid people get it done by the deadline with a spring in their step. There's a big difference. You don't want volunteer government. Although I think it's kind of cool whether you like President Trump or not. This is not, a, this is not a partisan comment. I'm just saying in a neutral way, I think it's super cool. And I'd like to see more politicians do this. Say, I have enough money. I'm not accepting any more. I'll give mine away. I think that's pretty cool. Say, Pastor Steve, why don't you say that to Cornerstone Church? <laughs> I'd like to. I'd like to be in that position. I'd be very happy to. But I'm not in that position. I like to eat. <laughs> Last verse, 13, 7. Pay to all what is owed to them. Taxes, to whom taxes are owed. Revenue, to whom revenue is owed. Respect, to whom respect is owed. Honor, to whom honor is owed. I don't know who the next president is going to be. And whoever they are, I might not like them. How will I deal with that? The scripture tells me to respect them that means how i speak of them how i think of them how i facebook about them what attitudes i harbor in my heart toward them i am to respect those and i am to honor those to whom respect and honor are due this is countercultural, but this is the will of god this is what christians do relative to government All right, I have three closing points I want to make. They're not going up there, they're just gonna go out here, all right? So follow along, we're almost done. Take a deep breath, wake up if you're getting sleepy, and here we go. This, in my opinion, this is a good time for followers of Jesus Christ not to catch the world's diseases, but instead to bring everything back to God's word so however you're going to relate to all that, however you're going to conduct yourself relative to all that, keep your finger right on Romans 13 and keep looking back at it and make sure your conduct conforms to the will of God and not to the spirit of the age. That's closing point number one. Don't catch the world's diseases. Closing point number two, just, I'm just going to put it out there. I'm just going to say it bluntly. There is no place for riots. Our government allows peaceful assembly. Our government allows peaceful protests. You want to gather peacefully in protest? Bless you. I might join you. I joined one last Sunday afternoon. It was hot. It was outdoors. I went there. Number of you were there. Bless you all. We're allowed to do that, but there's no place for riots. You are not rioting within the will of God. Now, I know, getting off on another dangerous tangent, Joanne and Stan and Jackie, come at me if I'm getting in trouble, all right? I know that our Constitution tells us that if the citizens ever decide that we don't like our government, we can change it. We can institute a different, we can vote it out and put it in a different government. We're allowed to do that. We can change our Constitution. We're allowed to do that. I don't advise it, but we're allowed to do that. But the process for doing that is not rioting. That's an attempt at mob rule. That's an attempt at forcing on the citizens what you and your mob want. Say, well, we're revolutionaries. All right, then we get to fight back. Let's see how that goes. We are allowed to change the government, but it's the citizens who are allowed to change the government by using the forms that the government provides legally and peacefully no place for riots. That's point number two. Don't catch the world's diseases. Number one, no place for riots. Number two, number three, text Gabrielle. So she knows to come up to the keys. (laughs) (laughs) Number three, this is no time for a lack of courage. There are scary things going on in our land. Some of the really super smart people I listen to are worried. They are worried. What's gonna happen after the next presidential election? Whoever's elected, they are worried next time we have the scenario and statistically with probabilities and knowing what we know about human nature we are going to have the scenario again where we have a white police officer who takes the life of an african-american citizen that's going to happen again we've got it down to nine there were only nine of those last year that's the lowest number we've had in a long time maybe ever Is it possible to imagine that with 328 million citizens and 800,000 police officers doing 10,000 interactions a day, all of us having a fallen nature, is it possible to imagine that that's never going to go bad? But it feels like if we can't get that number down to zero, then we're going to have riots and riots and riots and burning cities. And how are we going to stop all this stuff? Because it's not probable. It's not likely that we can get. You say, well, England got that number down. They're a different country. They're much smaller, so the probabilities are much less. And they don't have guns. We're a unique nation. We have guns. I'm way off script. Any police officer... Who approaches any citizen in our nation has this in the back of his mind. There's a very good chance they have a gun. Not so in England. Not so in Germany. Not so in France. In America, they might have a gun. That changes the whole scenario. That changes the whole interaction because that officer wants to go home to his wife and kids. Wants to live see to see another day and has to be able to protect him or herself. But anyway, I'm giving you opinions. These are not partisan politics, so I don't mind saying them. These are my opinions about police and what's going on and how we can have a nation. But there's a lot of really smart people I'm listening to, and they're concerned about, and they keep using the word, the term, civil war. Is this going to come to a civil war? I'm buying more ammo when I hear that, man. Is this going to come to a civil war? However... This is no time for a lack of courage. Let me read you a scripture. This is from Psalm 46. We sing a song in Cornerstone based on this psalm. It says, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth gives way though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling. Back to verse 1. God is our refuge and strength. Therefore, we will not fear. Do not fear. Trust in God. He's sovereign over our nation. He's sovereign over our government. He's sovereign over our elections. He's sovereign over your life. And whatever happens, I like what Bob Kilborn says all the time. Relax. God's got this. Relax. God's got this. Pray with me, would you? Father, we're looking up to you. We're looking up to you for our nation in these troubled times. We're looking up to you. Just praying for all in our government, for all who are in high office. We pray for kings and all who are in authority, that you would give them such wisdom, that they would govern in such a way that we, your people, would be able to live in peace so that we can be on mission, so that we can preach the gospel and make disciples and lead people to Jesus Christ. So, Father, we're praying that you might bring peace. We're praying that you might calm the storms and where individual believers in this flock are worried, or troubled, what's going to happen, help us to just to to rank ourselves under you, to wait upon you, to trust you, and to live with peace in our souls. We're praying for this in the name of Jesus. Amen.